0: This is Big Talk, Michael Glab here, my guest this week in the studio, Janae Cummings. Janae, Chair of the Board of Bloomington Pride, thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Janae, the big event starting tomorrow, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, February 1st and 2nd, the Bloomington Pride Film Festival for 2019. It's a big deal.
1: Very big deal. We have a lineup that um, I think is one of the best we've ever had. So
0: Before we get into that, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts. We'll find out everything we need to find out. I want to find out a little bit about you. I want to know what was the first movie or TV series that you saw that depicted anybody of the LGBTQ group?
1: Thinking back. I think it was a movie called Mannequin, and there was a character, a black guy named, played by Meshach Taylor. But I don't think, I don't remember him being gay. I just remember him acting, I think, in a very stereotypical way, and I think one of my parents making note in that way that he was gay. So you were Um, a kid? Yeah, I was a kid.
0: How old about
1: Oh, I don't know, maybe six, five, six, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. It was a movie, I remember it was a movie my parents had rented.
0: Did you know who you were at that time?
1: Absolutely not.
0: You no. did not?
1: No. Did this in any way strike you, this portrayal? I don't think so. I think I just thought it was funny. He seemed fun. Um <laughs> Like, he just seemed someone that, like, like a person who I thought would be fun to hang out with. Like, even as a little kid, he just seemed like a fun guy, and I thought it was great, and I thought his character was really funny. Um, but I didn't take anything else from it. Um, I didn't know anything about identity or sexuality, and so and that wasn't really discussed. So, no, I didn't take anything else from it other than that.
0: Was there ever a time when a movie or a TV series or even a book started touching you because there was a sense of discovery going on?
1: I don't think I can pinpoint one exactly. Um, I think as I just started getting older and, you know, started kind of having uh, the, the feelings that you do, um, and those would be, maybe they would be reflected in film or TV shows, not really TV shows at the time, because um, this was the late 90s. So I think anything I saw may have been subtle, or it may have been an issue where there might have been a gay character and... uh that character faced a lot of a lot of heartbreak in some kind of way or was being made fun of or tortured or bullied. And um, and so that was a lot of what I saw, I think. And I don't think I really came into my identity until I was in my 20s. I didn't really like understand who I was. And it was also something that I didn't really give up, give a lot of thought. I grew up in a conservative house. I came from a military family. I went to a service academy, and so there were, I think there were things that maybe if I'd been in a more open-minded home or environment that maybe I would have explored those feelings a little more, but uh, I didn't. I think there were, there was the kinds of things that I didn't want to consider about myself, and so I did not.
0: Millions of kids can tell a story similar to that. Oh, yeah. Can movies help?
1: They can um, because the thing about representation is it is important to see yourself and it is important to see yourself or identity or experiences similar to your own in a positive way. Because if you only see black people portrayed as criminals and thugs, that's what you begin to think you are. And if you are gay or bisexual or trans and you're seeing a representation of yourself that may be stereotypical or um, flat – because most characters, particularly queer characters, are not well developed, or um, they're always enduring hardship, and or maybe there is there's like the sassy gay character, or or the. You know, I think particularly the unfortunate representation of trans- transgender persons in the media that maybe they're trying to trick someone or that kind oh. of thing, kind of that, that crying game scenario yeah. um, that, ha- that, that happened in that movie. Um, you, you see that and you're like, well, that's what I am or you're, you're not willing or not able to fully confront that with yourself it's difficult so I think positive media portrayal means everything and particularly for children who and young people who are growing up in places like this who are in more rural areas um, who aren't who don't have role models maybe in their school or in their lives that they can point to and say you know this person is like me and there's someone I can admire Um, I think the media um, brings that for a lot of people.
0: We've got this film festival coming up. It is about, well, it started in 2003.
1: Correct. Uh, there were two arts administration students at IU who uh, started the festival. My understanding is that they uh, partnered with Danielle McClelland at the Buskirk Chumley Theater and uh-huh. sprang up this wonderful film festival. And over time, I would say about five ish years ago, five, six years ago, um, Bloomington Pride as a nonprofit organization sprung up out of this film festival ah. um, to support the festival. Yeah. At the time, it had no other function than the film festival. And so we have grown in the years since. To to pull in Pride Fest, our summer festival, um, to do advocacy, to do outreach, to have safe space programs. So um, we were a Pride organization that was about one thing quite a few years ago. And so now we've expanded, I think, um, into more of a service organization. But arts are our roots. And so this film festival is our foundation. So it's something that we we hold very dear. And you're sort of a newcomer Mm
0: -hmm. to Pride. Uh, What, about three years?
1: Yes, yes. How did you get involved? I was uh, I was on an assignment I, 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 at at the Kinsey Institute, and um, a colleague and I were working on uh, the institute's community relations. We were working on their communications. It was a wide ranging project uh, that we were tasked with, and one of the things we identified was that that Kinsey needed to get involved in the community, and so you know we identified a few different organizations that um, I think understand the mission of the Kinsey Institute, its its past and its roots. And and Bloomington Pride was one of those that we thought, you know, the Kinsey Institute should ally itself uh, with, with the organization. And it was near film festival time. And so we'd had some conversations and they gave us some tickets to their VIP reception. And uh, we attended that and at that, I started having conversations with board members, and which which were really conversations about um, collaborating with the Kinsey Institute. And um, from there, we started having discussions. They asked if I was interested in the organization, if I would be interested in being a board member, and so that's how that developed. They liked you. They
0: seemed to. <laughs> well, you've been involved with Indiana University since about 2010. Correct. And you have been in a variety of jobs that have to do with outreach. <laughs> Right now, you're the director of uh, communications and marketing at the Hamilton Luger School of Global and International Studies. Uh, You put out the word.
1: I do. Um, It is my responsibility to handle the internal and external communications and marketing for the school.
0: And man, the way you speak, I'm afraid you're going to take over my job (laughs) over here as the host of this show. Which, by the way, is coincidental because I understand you sort of moonlight... As one of the hosts of uh, WFIU's profile, I do, right? I do. You actually do what I'm doing. We're right, sw- right. Let's switch right now. <laughs> How about that? Uh, who, who are some interesting people that you've interviewed?
1: Uh, some of my favorite interviews have been uh, Mira Nair, who is a filmmaker, an Indian filmmaker, who was here um, in April, I believe, for IU's India Remixed Arts and Humanities Festival. Boots Riley, who is the filmmaker who created Sorry to Bother You. Um, I had a run of of, of comedians where I interviewed <laughs> Hari, Hari Kondabolu, Hasan Minaj, W. Kamal Bell. Um, but I have also interviewed social scientists, uh, political scientists. I had a wonderful interview with Yasha Monk, a... a Harvard postdoc fellow who um, was on a tour um, with his book that was about the the fall of democracy essentially. Um, it was called *The People Versus Democracy*, I think. Um, and I also had another wonderful talk with um, Dr. Crystal Fleming, who has a book called uh, *How Not to Be Stupid* Ara- *How to Be* *How Not to Be Stupid About Race*, which was a really wonderful conversation about uh, race as a construct and 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 how it's affected our society, and also how people can work to be anti racist. So, Do you have optimism? Uh, I try. Um, because without it, I don't think I could do a lot of the things that I do. Right. But uh, I am also a realist. And so I know that I think a lot of the things that we are fighting for collectively, not just, not just Bloomington Pride, but anyone who is resisting, um, whether it's this government or, or other struggles that, you know, these are long journeys, and they are journeys that we where we may not live to see the outcome of our work. So I think maybe a big-picture optimism, I think, that I might have. I think there are more days than not where I just think we're doomed. But I like to think that in the long run, you know, things will work out.
0: One of the movies that is going to be shown this weekend is called Rafiki. Mm-hmm. Now, that was an entrant at... The Cannes Film Festival, the story goes, the day before it was to be exhibited, the producers learned it had been banned in the country of Kenya where it was made.
1: Correct, correct. My understanding is that it was banned for promoting a positive lesbian relationship. This was a lesbian relationship, a young couple who, you know, persevered and found a way and so it's it's a positive ending it's a it's a drama and they endure struggle and uh violence and rejection but in the end you know they they're still able to come together and and have a positive ending and so i think that was a serious problem for the kenyan government
0: in media today movies television is lesbianism fetishized (laughs) absolutely
1: there are these stereotypes that we have about lesbians. Either they're really sexy, and uh, maybe you know, if you're you're a cis man, you can have like a threesome with some lesbians, and isn't that like amazing and, and hot? And but there's also this this stereotype of of kind of like I don't know, down to earth lesbians working the land, and they have dogs and. That you can always count on them and probably a campfire or something. So there are like weird ideas, yeah. I think, of, of, of lesbians um, that I think we all know and understand and probably in a couple of cases maybe have seen. Um, but yeah, I think it's fetishized in a really bizarre way. But I think you'll see that with any identity or any race, really. There's a fetishization of... Of someone there, whether like people who fetishize black women or yeah, yeah. maybe transgender women yeah. and uh, pursue them and, 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 you know, they're called chasers. And, You're right. And I don't know where all of that comes from, but it's it's not good. So for about
0: 20 years, it seemed like every TV drama had the lesbian yes, kiss. Yes, yes. Where are the male homosexual kisses?
1: Oh, they don't exist. I think that's still too racy for TV.
0: Back to the film fest. Now, from what I understand, none of these movies have been shown to the public outside of fests and so forth. Correct.
1: We don't want to show any films that someone can just... Look find on Netflix someone Uh can download on Amazon or iTunes we want to make sure that we're bringing films to the community that can't be seen anywhere else that they may not come to town at all which I think might be the case for most of our films we have 21 films 16 are shorts and frequently with shorts you may never see them but otherwise um, short films are things that are kind of here and gone and maybe never seen again Um, also with the with feature films particularly queer films um, they become very hard to find and I can I can attest to trying to find LGBTQ films on streaming services. Most of them are not very good. And usually it's some trope where, like, you know, the lesbian dies. Or, yeah. you know, it's a coming-of-age story for a young gay man. And yeah. so it's all very formulaic and silly. And so these are films that um, they're great. They're well-acted. They're well-produced.
0: The movies that we're going to see this coming weekend primarily made by lgbtq
1: people not necessarily not necessarily, not necessarily. um particularly with maplethorpe that comes from samuel goldwyn that's a major production studio yeah. um so no that is not that is not a queer produced i am not certain particularly with our features um i believe two in the bush um which is our saturday at 9:30 uh feature film which Features polyamory and bisexuality and BDSM and and it's it's a wonderful movie of representation. I think uh, nearly everything you might you might think you want to see is is in is in this film. We also have a film called Hard Paint that I believe has a queer filmmaker. It's out of Brazil. Um, also Canary, I think, which is a, our Saturday at one thirty film. It is a musical about an army choir. Um, so that's a, that's a that's a new it's a new genre for us, I think, um, bringing in a musical. But um, I think with our short films, they are more likely to have LGBTQ uh-huh. filmmakers. One standout is Hoosier. Uh, yeah. The filmmaker is Aaron Cook. And Hoosier was filmed locally here.
0: Right here in Bloomington. Right here in Indiana. Bloomington
1: um, with many scenes. I think the primary scenes here at the back door, um, Bloomington's queer bar um, with – with local performers and extras, who um, there was a call out, you know, come down to the back door this weekend and and be part of this shoot, and so so that's a really great thing that we're going to bring, and that will be in the Maplethorpe block. We wanted to make sure we highlighted that in the best space.
0: That's what I wanted to get at. There is a thing called blocks mm-hmm. because this Hoosier film is 15 minutes long. Yes, you're not buying a ticket just to go see this 15 no, minute no. movie.
1: The block works. So, so I, I said we had 21 films, and so we have divided those into six screening blocks. Each screening block has a minimum of three films. We want to make sure that you get some bang for your buck, and mm-hmm. also it is difficult um, To watch shorts otherwise. And so this is a longer, it's it's not like going to AMC and you're there for an hour and a half. Um, This is usually a two hour block, two hours and 15 minutes. We'll show you a couple shorts and then the feature. Um, So we want to make sure that you get a wide variety of film, um, which is what our shorts allow us to do. Um, There are more genres there touching on more identities and more experiences. And also... um, some of them are just, they have interesting, interesting production, you know, involving things like animation or, or experimental uh, filmmaking. And so it allows us to add, I think, a depth and breadth to the festival that we wouldn't have otherwise um, by having the blocks like this.
0: Getting back to the Mapplethorpe uh, thing, uh, let's not be confusing here because there was a documentary Correct. about Maplethorpe that some people might say, hey, I've seen that, that right. thing. This is different. This
1: is different. This is a biopic starring Matt Smith, who starred in The Crown, and also Doctor Who. They, people might know him as the 11th Doctor. Um, that really talks about his rise in the 1970s, touches on his relationship with Patti Smith, and his rise into the 80s, and his decline, um, and his his death from, from complications of AIDS. And, and it doesn't get to the trial, the Cincinnati trial that most people like to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, it leads you right there. And so you you watch you watch his rise and his fall um, really in life and and get to know him a bit better. So it doesn't touch on some of the things that the documentary does, but it very much um, touches on his life and his relationship with Sam Wagstaff and shows a lot of the images and stories behind images of photographs that he's taken that maybe people don't know. But that block of Hoosier, Three Centimeters and Mapplethorpe, which is Saturday at 7 p.m., is sponsored by the Kinsey Institute and the Kinsey Institute has a Mapplethorpe collection that was given to them by the estate of Maplethorpe, oh. And so that collection is currently on display at the Indianapolis, at the Indianapolis Museum of Art at Newfields in an exhibition about George Platt lines. Who
0: specifically chooses these movies
1: we have a jury for shorts we open up submissions um, allowing any distributor anyone um, to submit their short film to us via an application Um, national international international. Uh Um, this is a an international call out and films come in from everywhere and then we have a screening group that starts to meet, and they just go through links and watch these short films. We pulled in more than 100 this year. And from there, they have a very long, intense conversation about which films they like best, and they kind of rank order them. And from there, we have a jury... That is that is kind of condensed from that group, three people uh, Jonathan Yacht, uh, Ken Shan, and Jen Cooper, who actually select the films and they select the shorts and they present that to the board of directors. We make sure that everything's okay that you know we we've got we've got a, a good good range of identity and experience and genre um, and then start working on For the feature films, we did things a bit differently this year. Um, In in the past, I think our entire history, we have allowed people to to submit both short and features. This year, we curated the features from the film festival circuit. We did a lot of research. We talked to people who had been to to, to festivals. We watched movies. And um, we contacted distributors directly to say, hey, we're an LGBTQ film festival. We want to show this film. Is that okay? And so we went through the process that way. I mean, we've done this to great result because Rafiki and Maplethorpe are not films that would have been submitted to us. Uh-huh, they simply right. would not have been. But by going out and getting them, we can assure um, the community, we can assure Bloomington that they are getting well-produced, well-acted, really strong filmmaking.
0: Have you seen many or even any of these yourself?
1: All of them. All of them. So what are you going to do when they're on uh, on the screen? I may play Candy Crush or something. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but some of them are so good that I'm excited to see them again.
0: How can one participate in anything that Bloomington Pride does?
1: To volunteer, um, just simply reach out to us. We are an all-volunteer organization. No one here gets paid. Um, this is not a labor of you? love. Not even, no, no one. No one. Um, This is a labor of love for all of us. And so getting involved is as simple as asking us how you want to be involved. We are a working board of directors, which means that we each take responsibility for parts of the mission to execute those kinds of things. So I focus on marketing and sponsor relationships. Um, We have a board member who focuses on our educational programming, so that kind of thing. So if there is a skill set you have, or maybe it's public health, for instance, um, maybe you Maybe you do outreach in some kinds of ways and we can we can fold that into what we're doing and support you. Um, That's the kind of stuff we're looking for. Also, people who just have skills like they they write grants or they do photography. We have a social media intern, for instance. Um, We have a a Cox Legacy Scholar intern from IU who does an. An extremely great amount of research um, into right now issues on representation um, to make sure that we're speaking about that intelligently. We know everything that's going on, Um, but also other issues that uh, we really want to talk about. Um, We have a community workshop series each month that uh, we put on at uh, Monroe County Public Library, who who partners with us on these workshops. And we talk about things like racism and spirituality and homelessness. And so our intern is constantly researching and constantly le- learning new things because, you know, there's a lot. Everything's always evolving. Like, we have to stay on top of things. So
0: Now, you mentioned that your particular area of uh, specialization with Bloomington Pride is marketing. You've been involved in marketing since, it looks like, as far as I can see, since you earned your first dollar. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Pretty close.
0: You came from Anderson, Indiana. What did you
1: do as a kid? I was a tennis player. So I was a nationally ranked tennis player. and uh, No kidding. Yeah.
0: I noticed that you mentioned in some bios you play golf and, and you yeah. watch uh, various sports.
1: Oh, yeah. Tennis player. Yeah. Um, I started playing when I was three. And I had one of those I had I had one of those tennis fathers, three, three. I had a racquetball (laughs) racket. Um, I had one of those kind of stereotypical tennis fathers who at age three wanted to make sure I got into college for free. And so he picked tennis. He thought I would be good at that. Like he looked at the different sports like what could I possibly get a scholarship in golf, basketball, softball, tennis. Um, I'm not built for swimming. So that's, he he put me on a tennis court and on a basketball court and I excelled at tennis. And so that's what I stuck with. Did it work?
0: Did you get a scholarship?
1: Yeah, well, I went to the Air Force Academy. And so... uh, that Over is not, a, yeah, that is not a scholarship situation. It, but I yeah. had a lot of scholarship offers from from Big Ten universities, from D one universities, and I chose to go to the academy, in part because I was kind of thinking about like the future. When you're an extremely good tennis player, but not good enough to be Serena Williams, uh, there is. Well, who is? For who is? Sakes. Who is? But um, there is this weird hole you fall in where you can be a great college player, and then you've spent all this time in college playing tennis, and now what do you do? Right. And so I had a lot of peers and friends who now they're, they're pros at their local tennis club. Like, that's kind of the route you take. Yeah. Um, because you're not good enough to make, like, to make millions of dollars. You're good enough to be a great amateur. Um, And so, you know, I had all those those parents who were always talking to me about my future. And so I thought the Air Force Academy, like, I have to study because it's a top 10 school in the country, great engineering school. So I've got to kind of keep my academics together and that kind of thing. So that's what I opted to do.
0: Was either your mother or father involved in the service um earlier. my
1: mother's entire all of all of her siblings and my grandfather were in various branches of the military the marines uh-huh. the army the navy my father was a cop and uh-huh. uh, det- he was a homicide detective and, and my okay. mother was also a police officer um for a time so
0: i also notice i don't know where this fits in but law school is involved
1: oh yeah uh, i'm a law school dropout so we don't have to ah. act. <laughs> My father, who he was, um, he put himself uh, through law school night going at night, um, and eventually became uh, the prosecutor where I grew up. And so, you know, he's telling me like you've got to, you've got to go to law school because I was like I want to be a writer, and he goes you'll starve to death. No one's actually a writer. You need to go to law school. And have an actual career. Um, I did that. I dropped out of law school and magically became a writer. So,
0: (laughs) Are your parents still with us? They are. Are they proud of you?
1: I like to think so. They say that, yeah.
0: (laughs) How did you get involved with Indiana University?
1: I was a copywriter at an ad, ad agency in the Indianapolis area, and I was looking for a better job. And... There was a communications position in IT at IUPUI or I thought it was at IUPUI and there was also a communications position at Eli Lilly. I applied for both. Uh-huh. And I was in the hiring process at Lilly When they had that massive freeze and laid off like 5,000 people, uh maybe like eight years ago, if you remember that. Uh And um, that happened. And I'm stuck at this job. I was panicking. And I had a call from IU the next day about an interview. and so Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I applied for the job. Or I, I of course, applied for the job. And I interviewed. I got the job. So that's how I got to Bloomington. That's how I got to IU.
0: The Bloomington Pride Festival, the 2019 version, starts, as we say, tomorrow, Friday, February 1st, runs through the next day, Saturday, February 2nd, uh, at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. And uh, what, if people want to go to this thing... Uh, where do they go? Uh,
1: they can go directly to the Busker Chumley box office, okay. either online or in person, and buy both tickets and passes. We have um, discounted tickets for students with ID and seniors. Um, so the Bus Chum has, has all of the ticketing information. If you'd like to learn more about the film lineup, the schedule, see the synopses, understand more about you know directors and content warnings and ki- that kind of thing, um, you can visit BloomingtonPride.org slash film, and that mm-hmm. will give you the rundown of of the festival, there's a link to the program, um, there's sponsorship information, um, there is a link to events that are happening surrounding the festival. So, it's a so those two places.
0: The chair of the board of Bloomington Pride, and by the way, a professional writer, a successful <laughs> professional that, writer, <laughs> among other things, uh, here at uh, Bloomington and Indiana University. Janae Cummings, the film festival's coming up. It's going to be a riot. We're going to have fun. I thank you for being on Big Talk.
1: Oh, thank you. And I I thank you for bringing me on and um, telling people about film. I think supporting queer cinema is vital, especially in this day and age, especially with the news of late. So we hope to see a lot of people.